Hello, I'm very excited. We have another Squire Talk. This one's going to be titled uh, Raising Kids um, Who Have Learning Differences. But specifically today, we'll be talking probably a lot about autism because we have here Father Matthew Schneider, who you also call yourself the autistic priest. <laughs> That's what you call yourself, yeah. Well, I mean, I just, I, I did that for kind of, I have kind of two social media accounts. One mm -hmm. is more on moral theology and uh, and then one that's more on autism so i had to i had to start at the one with my own name with moral theology so i had to create a name for the one more for on the autism, on autism. very nice and i follow i follow both of father's accounts um father matthew is a priest with the legionaries of christ ordained in 2013 and you do have um a tremendous amount of followers on both Twitter and Instagram, and both accounts are helpful for me. Uh, you know, we're always, we're especially now in this season, reflecting on things related to moral theology, for sure. Um, and then as someone who works in a school as a counselor, I'm always interested in um, all these, these various diagnoses that are coming up and what do they mean in our learning environment. Uh, so you are in the process of getting your doctorate in theology. So you're yeah. in the middle of writing your doctoral thesis, and I'm so grateful for you to come and just share with our parents about um, how learning differences unfold. So a little bit like, a little bit how it unfolded for you. And then we'll talk a little bit about more high level. Like what does that mean in schools? What does that mean in our church? Um, but before we get into it, if you could open us with prayer, Father, please. May the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as is in heaven. Give, give us this day, day our daily, daily bread, bread and, and forgive us our trespasses as, as we forgive those who trespass against us and, and lead us not into temptation, temptation but deliver us from evil. Amen. Lord, please help us today to really uh, create uh, a content that can help these parents, that can help everyone understand, that can help lead for a better inclusion, better uh, adaptation for all the autistic children out there in this school and other schools as well. And we ask this all in Jesus' name, the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. So if you could just start us out, I really am doing my best I can to keep these short, like half hour at most. Oh, definitely. I, <laughs> I figure I figure somewhere we'll try we'll try and aim for 20 minutes and then yeah. if we get if we get to 28, it's not a big deal. That's it. <laughs> That's exactly it. So if you could start us out um, just sharing about your own experience growing up and like coming to understand your diagnosis what that was like for you in school with learning and friends. Yeah, so I, in school, I was always, um, I was always pretty good academically, but I was always kind of like the outcast, like, you know, but even in academics, I'd have, I've had interesting things. Like one teacher really in elementary took issue because I didn't really like the fiction books, <laughs> but the next grade, the teacher said, well, you're supposed to read, but if you want to read like, you know, like how things work in dinosaur books, like, you know, that are at your grade level above, that's great too. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I was much better. I enjoyed that much more as a little kid. So in elementary, so I read, you know, and I realized it's kind of like a lot of autistic kids have like special interests like that. Mm -hmm. And we can tend a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times to focus on you know, kind of mechanical things like the how things work books or kind of science things like dinosaurs and not as much on fiction. Some do though, so it's not a universal. Uh, and, but I was always kind of the the kind of outlier as far as friendships and things. I really, 
I rarely had a ton of friends, especially once you got to like elementary school. I was kind of, you know, I wasn't like, uh, wasn't totally outcast, but it was kind of, I had more trouble than other kids. And I didn't even realize, I just kind of thought, oh, you know what, you know, that's fine. And I would come home, I would come home after school and I'd go to my room and just, you know, read for, for an hour or something. And my mom was fine with that, which, you know, which, which helped me out to kind of de-stress from the day or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe not the most standard thing for kids to do, but it worked out for me. Um, you know, I remember I had a few, I would have a few friends throughout high, throughout middle school, uh, junior high, high school, well, through, throughout elementary, junior high and high school. They don't call it middle school in Canada for whatever reason. Uh, and, um, and, and I had, you know, I did pretty, I did reasonably well. I wasn't like, I was never like the popular kid, but I was never like totally outcast in that sense. Um, I had other issues. Like I remember one of the things that had the diagnostic criteria of, of the 2010s being the diagnostic criteria back in the 80s, early 90s. Hmm. There's a few moments where I realized I probably would have gotten diagnosed back then. Hmm. And one of the really obvious ones was I had horrendous handwriting. Even today I have like, you know, I put an effort and I have passable handwriting, but my handwriting is not like, <laughs> it's nothing that uh, that I'm super proud of. I, mm-hmm. I, and a lot of it has to do with eye-hand coordination. I'm not great with that. Mm-hmm. Like I studied computer engineering and I was, by, I was definitely like the worst I had the slowest speed for typing of anybody in my class. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that's, so those type of things are um, just happen with, uh, with that. And so they had a specialist come in for handwriting and the specialist was like, after a bit, she's like, I don't know what I can do, you know, because, <laughs> well, cause she, she basically said like, you know, like usually she dealt with kids who were, you know, who had um, like, issues with uh you know with intelligence or things like that mm. and and i never had like as far as academics i always did okay you know and i did really well in some things like i did you know i did like you know i got straight a's in math all the way through school without without even like much trouble mm-hmm. um so that was that was kind of my experience growing up uh you know then after I, in in university i felt uh, i was listening to john paul II one time and i really felt the call of the priesthood looked at a few different places, joined the Legion in 2001. And I went through that, went through all the formation. And I kind of realized it was a little bit different, but I didn't I didn't clue in exactly that it was autism. And I didn't think like, like you know, they had, right now in the US in, was about 2013 or whatever, they, they combined autism and Asperger's. And before I heard the description of Asperger's, I kind of said, oh, maybe that's me, but I didn't think of it as like, as different as it really is. Mm. You know, like sometimes I'd say, sometimes I'd say like, I left engineering, but engineering never left me, which, which really is, is kind of say, like a, similar to that in the sense that I still had, you know, very much, I still have very much like an engineering like brain, you know, in that sense, like it's very kind of like I can do the structure and everything well, but I'm not super social and <laughs> not the best at like social aspects, yeah. but, but I mean, which is the stereotype for an engineer, which is not exactly autism, but is, you know, in the same general diagnostic criteria yeah 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 is is in the is in this and that was you know and then my first year as a priest i was assigned to be chaplain to an elementary middle school uh and it really didn't work out well and then they that's when they that's when it was suggested maybe asperger's or something like that and a little bit afterwards i got diagnosed 
I was at first like the, when I drove home, I thought, oh, this is a disaster. But then mm -hmm. after I read, I started to realize, oh, this is different. And this is something that, you know, um, that affects how like, you know, it's kind of affects a lot of different things kind of interconnected in life. And, and that's what really led me towards like right now I'm writing a doctoral thesis because because I was talking to my spirits and I said, look, you know, like, like you can see my grades. I have the grades to go on to like higher studies, you know, like, yeah. uh, and I think that I, with, with this diagnosis, I do much better in like an academic setting, teaching theology or something, rather than in a very social setting, like a chaplain to a school mm. or a kind of a lot of spiritual direction or things that, that the, You know, Father, uh, there's something you said that I wanted to clarify and just to let people know we actually lost each other. Pause the recording and now we're back. Um, so there was something you said that I wanted to um, it, it clarify a little bit for those listening. You're talking about Asperger's versus autism and merging of that. And yeah. so in the most recent kind of manual that counselors, therapists, psychiatrists, psychologists use to diagnose, um, we get one diagnosis we can use now for all that stuff. Yeah. And it's called autism spectrum disorder. And so what it's trying to say is some of these, uh, you know, ways of experiencing the world and being in the world occur on a spectrum. And so it, 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 it can be so varied. And so Father, to, to make, get more specific, what were some of the social difficulties coming up for you as you were realizing, oh my goodness, I, I'm on the spectrum. Um, what did it look like for you? Well, the biggest thing for me was just realizing how much other people do, did uh, um, in their own uh, subconsciously. Like, like I was able to get, you know, somewhat passable for most situations, but not like great. Yeah. But doing, but I'm doing a lot of the things consciously that other people are doing subconsciously about like. Oh, what what does the person mean? Like right now, you're nodding your head, so I know. So I have, so I think consciously. Okay, nodding the head means she's agreeing. And but well, in this circumstance, it's not so much agreeing, but understanding what mm -hmm. I'm saying. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's and that's and that's something that I'll do a lot more consciously. Whereas most people just kind of like do it subconsciously. Right. That was the biggest thing for me uh, in realizing that when I started reading about that, because I had just kind of assumed that since I did it like consciously, other people did it consciously as well. But then I was like, I started, I was reading like books on autism and I started asking people around the community and they're like, no, like you don't think about that. That just, you just, just realize that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and, and a lot of those things like, and that was one of the biggest things for me. I think the social things for me are just like, you know, understanding others a lot of times and sometimes making it clear socially what I want, uh, mm. you know, with not, especially nonverbal communication. Mm -hmm. uh, I think part of what makes it, part of like that being conscious can actually be an advantage in kind of uh, written communication, like, because it's easier to transfer uh, like written communication, like back and forth messages on social media or things uh, is that it's easier to transfer what you can uh, think about in your mind, like what's conscious to a, to, to a different medium than what's subconscious. Mm. So I think sometimes people who get mad online uh, too much, too much like, you know, the stereotypical comment section uh, <laughs> is, is that they don't, they don't, 
they don't transfer what's kind of uh, subconscious for mm -hmm. them to, because you have to be conscious in that way because you don't kind of have an automatic, like, you know, what they call theory of mind in that sense, mm -hmm. uh, subconscious theory of mind in, in like when it's text, you know, of a message board or, or of a comment on a news story or something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Great. And um, I just want to point out before we move to question two, when you were talking about the teacher who let you read different books that were still on level or them bringing in someone to help you with your handwriting, they were accommodating you, you know, in an age where they probably didn't have accommodations plans. But yeah, like, no, I mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and I think a lot of it is also like the diagnostic criteria changed dramatically. Yeah. Like I read diagnostic criteria for when I was a kid and I shouldn't have been diagnosed under those criteria right you know right. I didn't fit those criteria right uh, the criteria was much narrower you know and for example as a very obvious example uh, you know intellectual delay had to be part of it back in the 80s and right. you know I'm writing a doctoral thesis I probably don't have intellectual delay right you know I you know and and those kind of things on kind of you know, abstract reasoning, spatial reasoning, pattern recognition, things like that, uh, language, uh, mm -hmm. you know, just like words as far as language, not necessarily language as far as nonverbal, like, you know, intuitive language. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, average to above average. So it's not like that's not a, you know, like that's not, that's not an issue for me. Mm -hmm. Although a lot of the other things like the nonverbal communication and things are. Okay, so now I want to switch because now you have, you know, you have this growing ministry about awareness. Um, and so I just love that. I just love it when we're ministering in the church in a sense that like everything going on with us in a sense can somehow become gift. You know, yeah. so you've got this diagnosis and it's like, okay, how does it inform how I minister? How does it inform how I live my religious vocation, my priesthood? But then like, how do I use it to be gift? And so you are focused on raising awareness. Um, first, I wanna talk about schools. So how can we better navigate uh, inclusion and collaboration in schools, not only with students who have autism, but maybe students who have other diagnoses that bring up different dynamics and relationships and learning? Well, I think I think that there's different levels of that. And okay. the first level, even the fact that we're having it is, you know, it's just like that awareness. You're aware that it that it exists. You're aware that it's a difference, uh, you know, which I think we're already at that if we're having this discussion. Right. But then it's also like accommodation, you know, like things like you were talking about where like the teacher said, oh, you know, we want you to read books that are at your grade level. But if you want to read other books, you know, that's that's fine. Or or even things like if it's a more of a. Uh, an issue of um, my mind, my mind just blank for a second. If it's an issue of like making friends, well, you know, we're going to encourage the kids to go out and you know go and talk to you to to make friends, you know, and things, and not just like kind of, you know, but make friends in a way that's helpful for you, you know, because a lot of times, one of the best ways for uh, autistic young people to make friends is is people who share their interests and yeah. to build the friendship you know, in a large part around that, like, you know, if, it, if this other kid in my school, for example, in my class was as obsessed about dinosaurs as I was, <laughs> we could, we could have had a great friendship, you know, and it would have been a lot on, you know, talking about dinosaurs and like the greatest, the, the latest paleontology things and stuff like that. And that would have been, you know, and that would have been a healthy friendship for me in elementary school, mm -hmm. uh, in that sense. Mm -hmm. uh, 
and I think that a lot of autistics are similar. Like, you know, maybe their special interest is, you know, Lego or Marvel superheroes or, you know, biology or, or you know, engineering or something like that. If there's other kids in the school, even a grade above or below, who are, you know, also very interested in those things, that's a great place to start a friendship uh, for those on the spectrum. And then I think ultimately what we want to work to is is to find ways that they can that they can help we can, those of us on the spectrum can help serve as well, you know, mm. in, in 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 things like that, like like find ways that our talents can be helped can be you know not just so that we can survive but we can thrive we can help others um excuse me mm -hmm. for example uh, for example like you know uh you know oftentimes like the autistic kid might be like the detail-oriented one who can make like these great uh a, a great uh, backdrop for the school play or something he might not be great to be the actor but he might be you know be totally happy you know you know, doing detail and painting this 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 backdrop for the next, you know, uh, you know, for half an hour a day after school for the next two months. Mm. And, you know, and that's a great way for him to lead to be part of you not just to be like, kind of, okay, we accept him, but to be, you know, he's doing something great that's serving the whole community that's helping yeah. the whole community and things. And obviously, each autistic person is, can be very different in those things. Like our interests are different, our specific talents are different. In fact, it's very interesting that like when they've done brain studies, it finds that like, like we're about 2% of the population, the other 90% of the population, like how their the interconnection between different parts of their brain are, are more similar than us 2%, which are more different than the whole uh, whole other 98% combined kind wow. of thing, you know? Wow. So, so, so that's, that's a, that's a, ch that's a challenge, you know, in, in how in 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 how different ones relate but it's the same thing like you have you know like an autistic person often can be very if it's into something that they're interested in they can be very focused for a very long time in that okay. sense like like i know sometimes it's like i can get into something and and, and it'll be like an hour like not all the time but some but every so often i'll be like into something and I'll, like dinner time will pass and it'll be like an hour after the community ate not to go down and like you know <laughs> find the leftovers in the fridge you know because i've just focused on what i was doing Very focused, you know? yeah. and i didn't even notice like oh the the, the time passing or you know things like that mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. which you know, you being a religious too, you probably had a few times where you had to like, you missed the community meal, you have to go and find the leftovers <laughs> in the fridge uh, for having, different reasons. Sometimes yeah. it's just like, oh, I have a meeting, but <laughs> an extra 45 minutes long. And so I missed dinner and I got to yeah. make it up. And that's, you know, that's life. We try and eat with our community every day, but you know, life happens. Life happens. <laughs> and it's not like, you know, you know, if you don't do it 100%, it's not one of those things that like you have to do 100%. Like you have to say your prayers every day. But you don't have to like, and you have to eat every day, but you don't have to eat with the community every single every day. Every single day, yeah, yeah. It's probably nice if we can take a break from each other every now and again. Anyway, <laughs> there are two things that I just want to highlight that you brought up. Um, one of them was, because our school is small, and as the counselor here, I get stressed sometimes for our kids' social dynamics, because when social tensions rise in the grade, I feel trapped because I'm like, I don't have anywhere to send these kids to like redistribute some of this social pain. And the idea of like saying, let's look for opportunities for friendships and grades below or grades above, I think is a great idea. Um, yeah. And then I also love what you said about ensuring that our kids who have these diagnoses, that we discover the ways that they're called to be a gift, you know? Yeah. And so 
so that they, because I, I just love that, like increasing, because I feel like that would increase their sense of self-efficacy. Like I have a role here. I'm a member of this community. I'm a member of this family. And so I love that. And I think that is an area where we, we could grow as a community, like our kids who have not only autism spectrum disorder or ADHD or sensory processing disorder um, saying like, yeah, you need these accommodations and you need these different supports, but there's also a gift you have that no one else can give. Um, and let's, let's give it and, and find it. So. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think like, at least for myself in school, I tended uh, my outside school friendships tended a lot of times to be the grade below me. Mm -hmm. uh, part of that is that based on when the cutoff is, I was one of the youngest kids in my grade. So okay. I, was, I was almost equally distant from like the average kid in my grade and the average kid in the grade below me. Okay. Uh, you know, just, just because of like, they have to cut it off on some day of the year and my birthday's just before the cutoff in Canada, <laughs> you know? So I was like one of the youngest kids. And so I often hung out with like outside of the school with kids a, a grade below me, but like realistically, you know, they're only six months difference in age from me. So it's not like, it's not like I'm hanging out with a kid totally, you know, on a totally different, uh, you know, you know, mm -hmm. uh, developmental level. It's still basically my developmental level as right. far as kids. Like obviously like first graders and sixth graders are quite different levels, but right. you know, sometimes there's, there's, there's often a little kind of overlap between, you know, the oldest year, kids in some year. grade and the youngest in the next. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the last question I have father is what kind of challenge us? What are our, what would you say are the greatest areas of growth in our church and our Catholic schools regarding serving children who have autism? Well, autism. I think I think I think one of the biggest things is really like what I brought up at the end of the last question the last question, which is kind of, you know, finding those gifts and finding ways that we can serve because because love is to will the good of the other. And the good of the other is not just that they receive, 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 but it's mm. also that they good give. You know, we we fulfill our Christian vocation not just by, you know, receiving love, but we also get fulfill it by giving, you know, like by serving, by by serving, by going to the soup kitchen, by, you know, building a, like the example I gave, you know, building a backdrop for the school play, by, you know, visiting people who are homebound, mm. by, you know, providing, providing other things. Like right now I teach um, ESL classes for mm. immigrants in, uh, in Arlington, uh, you know, things like that, where you're, you know, you're serving to help uh, people learn. ESL, oh, ESL means English as a second language. So yeah. people came from other countries who need to learn English. So it's very basic English. It's like, you know, you know, it's, it's not something that, uh, you know, they gave us, you know, a few hours of training and basically like, here's the, just follow the book kind of thing. And it's yeah. pretty simple, straightforward after that, because it's, you know, the English itself is not that hard for any of us who grew up speaking English. You know, it's like, okay. you know, you know, identify which one is the nurse and which one is the mechanic, <laughs> you know, like, well, I mean, for us, that seems very simple, but for somebody who's learning English, that can it's be difficult, lot, yeah, you know, but anyways, lot. that, that, like all those things we do to serve, you know, to help others, you know, even as a priest, you know, hearing confessions or, you know, like a lot of times, like you as a sister who are, you know, who are teaching or other, or other people who are, you know, all the different, uh, you know, instructing the ignorant, all the different uh, corporal and spiritual works of mercy in that sense. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, we're called to do that. And I think that that is a blessing for us. And I think that that we need to we need to find ways for those on the spectrum, those other conditions who can do that, you know, like mm -hmm. some people who, you know, somebody who has, who has ADHD might not might be really good at like, you know, something that's just like constantly changing and like, you yeah. know, 
it excites them or something. Whereas other people, you know, where someone who's autistic might be prefer something more like this is always the same. Always this the is going to go there. This is the rhythm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I want to thank you. I think that's a huge challenge. I'm already envisioning like Catholic school accommodations plans for students who have any of these diagnoses, especially autism, need to include like what's the plan to help this child grow as a gift, like to discover yeah. talents and like accompany the, accompany the child in discovering their talents and a challenge to parents because I think I'm getting to know parents more and more and I have a I have a mom with bare heart myself and my child had you know had a lot of differences he was struggling with I would feel really protective of him you know yeah. or her and so as parents kind of saying um no now yeah we're going to serve these needs but we also need to get you out of yourself and like yeah. out into the world to seeing how can you be a gift so I love that um, and I think we're going to wrap up. I'm so proud of us because I feel like we're in the time limit. Um, and okay. I think that's probably a gift of your diagnosis to be concise and clear. Uh, well, I mean, it's not always, I can, I can definitely talk um, too much. That could be my own tendency. Not, uh, you know, different people on the spectrum are different. I was yeah. talking to another person who's in the process of discerning for religious life who's on the mm -hmm. spectrum. Yeah. And, and he tended to be like super concise and like it was hard to get like fuller answers out of him. And I know mm -hmm. my tendency can be to to say too much and not realize when the person is like, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. <laughs> and like to make all these nonverbal cues that like they understand <laughs> and they want to stop because I've already made my point. <laughs> so no, I think we did perfect here. I'm really grateful so, for you. Yeah, I'm so grateful for Excellent. You. Well, God bless you, sister. And yeah, uh, I hope uh, everything goes well with your school and Thank you're you. able to help out a lot with the uh, with all the kids on the spectrum or with the ADHD, OCD, all the other kind of diagnosis there. Thank you so much. And um, uh, just to let everyone know, Father's in his car because he's in Canada in quarantine in preparation for his sister's wedding. Uh, yes, so yes I'm basically, uh, I, I'm basically like right beside the closed on Monday public, we're on, we're on a Monday today and it's closed the public library uh, using their Wi-Fi uh, to, to make this call, so. Yes, I promise prayers for your sister and her fiance as they prepare for the sacrament, uh, prayers for your family, and then your safe travel back to the United States, uh, and just grateful for you. You are a gift, um, so if you could please close us in prayer, Father. May the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this time together, and we thank you for all the gifts you have given us. And we thank you for all these wonderful children who Sister teaches and, every, and everything. And now we pray together. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As, as it, it was, was in the beginning, is now, now and ever shall, shall be, be world, world without end. end. Amen. Amen. May the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, so, Father. So God bless you, Sister. God bless you.